Come on, let's talk education. We have Dr. Lisa Justice. In a pandemic, we're following protocols like we're supposed to, but it's that hands-on learning, whether it's in a shop. And Mr. Micah Bond. It was like an off week. It was Friday the 13th and a full moon. So it was a crazy Friday. <laughs> Next. Just to make it. Just to make it. Just to make it. I've been working all my life. Just to make it. Thank you for joining us today. Y'all, I am sporting my The Great Minds Podcast shirt. I got it from my boys, Vaughn and Derek. Please go check them out. They have some awesome content, amazing guests. Y'all, you will enjoy yourself. All right. The Great Minds Podcast. Go check them out. They're on YouTube. They're on Instagram. Y'all go check them out. They're on your podcast platforms as well. Go check them out. My boys, thank you for all that you do. Y'all, again, y'all know that I love education. I'm a big advocate for education. Going to college, you know, finishing up high school, graduating, becoming that person you need to be in life, right? So I had to bring on some educators on today. I really, 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 really did. Now, a little bit more information, I guess, about myself. Y'all know about my firm, right? My consulting firm, that kind of thing. But I also taught. I taught English. I taught on a middle school level, high school level, and on a collegiate level as well. So I love teaching people and being, let them see and become them best selves in life. Y'all, it's just the best. And being in that process from where they used to be to where they are developing to, it's just amazing. So again, I had a regular educator today to talk about the field of education, how each of those fields, um, their experiences have changed and shifted throughout COVID-19 as well. So they talk and they talk well. We have Dr. Lisa Justice with us and also Micah Bond with us. I tell you, another show you don't want to miss. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Coming up, we have Dr. Lisa Justice with us. We'll be right back. Y'all, let's rewind back in the future. This week is Flashback Finkley Week. We're looking back on some amazing shows from season one. Come on, let's reminisce together. Next Finkley. Hey, everybody. My name is Arthur Vernon R. Matthews, Jr. I just wrote a new book called Family Ties, and I also want to say a special shout out to one of the kids that I mentored and has got his own TV show on Roku, Michael Finkley, and this is 100th episode, so if you guys want to really hear about this book and see what's going on, check out Mike Finkley on The Finkley Show. and she is a multitasker. She is a wife, a mom. She is city councilwoman. She, yeah. When I was growing up, mom worked outside the house and so my dad was an entrepreneur. I saw him leaving early in the morning or late at nights to go meet with clients. And he was always one who told me, you know, if you show up on time, you're late. 
I just admire how she's able to not only juggle the demands of her jobs, but keep her family really first. The outstanding thing about the Isaac family is their noble contributions to improving the quality of life for our Colombians and people all over this state. I, I Tamika Isaac, do Solomon swear. Discharge the duties thereof, so help me God. So help me God. Congratulations and blessings. I first ran because I saw a need, I saw a void that needed to be filled, a voice uh, that wasn't there. And over the last several years, I feel like I've been able to be that voice. So often as women in whatever spaces that we're in, um, we are often discounted because we're a mom or we're a wife or we have this career. And she's an everyday woman who shows women what excellence looks like. She has walked the walk of being a small business person, of being a parent, of sending her kids to school. Columbia is a great place, and we have done a lot in the last few years as far as law enforcement. But law enforcement can't do everything, nor should it do everything. We have to really expand upon the tools, technology, and community policing, investing in our communities uh, so that law enforcement is a partner with our communities. Being a Columbia native, I've seen the way this city has grown. It's grown to the point that sometimes not everybody's been a part of that growth. I want to make sure that communities, specifically communities of color, make sure that they are part of Columbia's present and its future. I want to have a climate plan for this city that not only helps us be sustainable, but also helps provide opportunities for folks in the workforce. There are so many opportunities to take advantage of technology, uh, green energy. I want to be the advocate for growing our city and being on the forefront, not just looking at what other cities are doing and following them, but being the leader. If you don't have the right leadership, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. I think having a woman as mayor of the city of Columbia is long overdue. I'm Tamika Isaac Devine, and I'm running for mayor of the city of Columbia. What's up, y'all? I'm Leon Frierson, former cast member from Nickelodeon's All That and co-host of the Prime Nostalgia Podcast. And I'm here to ask you to join me in watching the Michael Finkley Show weekly on YouTube. Now, I've been on the show, so I definitely know it's a platform where you'll be educated, informed, and inspired. Now, don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you on YouTube. back to the Michael Finkley show. Now our next guest, she is an educator. She is a community advocate, but she's also a wife and a loving mother. Here is my dear friend, Dr. Lisa Justice. Lisa, thank you for being with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I love any opportunity to talk CTE. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I feel like, Lisa, that I wish I would learn more about this style of education when I was in high school, because I feel I would have went this route and but still go beyond. But I, it was a could be an awesome starting point for students. So what attracted you to this type of field of education? Well, ironically, it sort of fell in my lap. Um, I was an English teacher. Uh, was my classroom experience. And then I became a school leader 
And just through some moves and relocating, I ended up here in Manning, South Carolina. Um, and I was originally director of Clarendon County Adult Education, which is tangentially related to CTE. Um, and I, it just kind of fell in my lap that the position of the, the director of the career and technical education program right next door fell open. And so I it went for it. What I have found is that it remarkably has a lot more in common with regular classroom education or even with English than you would think. I mean, CTE has its own vocabulary. There are some programs here that I'm I'm never going to be able to learn. And, and I recognize that, but they are so valuable. Uh, and it just is the most natural, it's been the most natural transition for me as an educator even. I, and I've become more profoundly influenced by what I see in these classrooms as much as I saw in classrooms of, of regular, you know, regular teachers, you know, of math and English and foreign language. It's just a different, a different approach for Definitely. sure. And we see that uh, that type of education has developed over time. At one point when I was in school, it was called vocational. Now it's called mm -hmm. career technology education. So how has, within your experience, how has this style of education developed over time? Well, as you said, you know, we used to be known with the moniker of vocational ed, and it seemed to be more a training for um, people who aren't planning to go to college or to go any further, and it can put you directly into a job, into the workforce. Now we're more focused on long-term goals and careers for one thing. We, we have developed career pathways for students where they can take a certain program at the high school level and go directly into work or go into um, more years of that training and that program at the technical, tech, uh, technical college level or even at a four-year university. I mean, for example, we have a health science program. Those students focus on many things within the health science curriculum, but one of the things they're able to do is to earn their CNA certification. Well, many of these students go on um, to two and four year nursing programs. So they begin a pathway here of that hands-on learning and it goes on into college. I think there was a time where people had a mindset that going into vocational education was somehow gonna dumb you down or somehow you wouldn't yeah. get the opportunities or you wouldn't get as rigorous of an education. And that is entirely not true. There, right. There's so many statistics I could share with you, and that might be a question coming up, um, just how much CTE education helps students in the long run. I mean, our students have better graduation rates. They stay more focused. They learn more of the soft skills that employers so desire. I mean, all the research shows how valuable our programs are. And that is amazing. And at your career center, what type of programs do you offer your students? Uh, we have nine here. Um, we, I, I usually try to do them in alphabetical order, so I don't forget anybody. Uh, we have automotive technology, we have carpentry, uh, cosmetology, culinary arts, um, early childhood education, health science, law enforcement, welding, and then my catch-all is business and information technology. Um, we just have a, a great variety in those. But the, the other uh, eight that I mentioned, 
Um, those are completer pathways. Students can come here and take two years of a program. And we have all kinds of experiences for them, not just the shops and the labs that are here in the building, uh, but we are able to set up internships and job shadowing with lots of local employers. We have lots of relationships. Even this year in the middle of a pandemic, Mm. I have students uh, in our law enforcement program who are getting out into um, the law enforcement agencies in our community. Oh, we have welding students um, at a local uh, manufacturing plant. Um, even my early childhood students are being allowed to get into the schools now um, to do their work experience in classrooms. So we're still able to do it in a pandemic. We're following protocols like we're supposed to, mm -hmm. but it's that hands-on learning, whether it's in a shop, or at a work site that is just so meaningful to our kids. That is amazing. I'm so glad you mentioned the pandemic as well, because it hit all of us like a ton of bricks and we've been yes, dealing with it for almost a year now, um, especially within the educational realm. It shifted the entire realm of education and how we teach our students. What other trends are you seeing now with this style of education due to COVID-19? Well, obviously we're doing a lot more virtually. And even in the Career Center, we've been able to do that. Uh, and when we first began our school year, we had to begin virtually. Last year, it was a little crazy when we had to close very suddenly and we were not able to, we did a lot of learning packets and a lot of handwritten um, curriculum things. When we started this school year, our school districts were helpful in making sure that all of our students had some kind of one-to-one -one technology. So they've been able to get on with us on different virtual platforms. Um, you know, Zoom meetings are great, but we needed curriculum supports that were specific to our program. So we were able to find um, through different textbook companies and, and other vendors, just specific mm -hmm. platforms that, that would still meet the curriculum standards of our programs. And even when we started face-to-face -face on a small scale, we did hybrid for a long time. We have just started to do more face-to-face, -face, four and five days for most students. Uh, we just started that this week. Uh, but throughout the school year, we've had a lot that have been here one or two days a week. And even when they're here, we've continued to use those platforms. And I think that this will continue. I feel like that next year, especially at my school, but I think all over, we're learning a lot of lessons about how to incorporate more virtual learning, whether it be through a Zoom meeting. I mean, that's a great way to do tutoring. I have so many teachers who set up one-on-one -on -one Zoom conversations with students um, so that they can get the attention that they need and just think about what that opens up for next year. Exactly. Teachers don't have to stay after school necessarily. They can set up a Zoom meeting whenever it's convenient for everybody, you know, as long as they agree to meet. And, and get that one-on-one -on -one attention that they need. So I think there are just so many lessons that we're learning, we are learning. You would never think that a, a welding instructor or a carpentry instructor would be like, oh yeah, I can do virtual learning. They've bought in and we wow. just we just went ahead full force. I mean, what choice did we have? Exactly. We, we wanted the students to suffer the least amount that they could. We This is not a good situation, we know that. Um, for, for anybody, and it's not ideal for learning. Most of our students take our classes because they want that hands-on learning. They want to be mm -hmm. in, in a welding shop. They want to be in a booth getting burnt sometimes and smelly and all that. Welding is dirty. I love it. I love it. And I don't speak welding. The vocabulary in there is, I, I can't understand most of what's going on. 
but I love watching it and the kids love doing it. That's what matters. And it's really hard, obviously, in a virtual environment to recreate that. Mm-hmm. but we've made it work and we're still being successful. And I have just been super pleased with the number of kids who are coming with us now face-to-face. It's great. That is awesome. How you are able to pivot during this That's time. That's the word. That's students. the word. And of course, yes. now Michael, I would be remiss if I didn't make sure you knew that when they're here, our kids wear their masks and of they socially course. distance. So we do everything protocol requires us to do. And the most important thing is that they're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what, that's what we think about when we think of education, our students being present, being there, you can touch on them, hug on them, all that kind of good stuff for them to get to the way they need to be successful wise for them personally. Oh, I, I love it. And so as time, as time goes on, as time continues with this whole COVID-19 and we're still trying to adjust, do you think that you will see an increase of students wanting to pursue an education in this industry? Absolutely. Uh, we recently participated um, in a curriculum study, a CTE curriculum study um, across our county. I incorporated all three school districts and we surveyed. Um, our students and our parents, and we had just tremendous response. And that's that's the number one thing that I shared um, with principals and other school district administrators. Mm-hmm. We had the potential of about 2,000 students responding to our survey because we did sixth through 11th graders. Yeah. We had over 1,100. And I don't know if you've ever done a survey in your life. Uh, uh, over half of that's your respondents. That's huge. So what that showed me, first of all, was there is great interest in career and technical education Mm -hmm. in our area. And just the number of responses, the the majority of students and parents want to be a part of our programs. They see the value. They know now that that VOC is not just some kind of training, that it is specific and that we, our intent is to, to give our kids skills to take into the workforce, but also to help them get those credentials that they will be able to make a living wage and a, a sustainable wage um, that they can build on over time and support a family. So we, we're thinking about future, CTE future ready. That is our motto across the state. And I've definitely adopted it here. Um, along with what you do matters. That's my big one. I don't know if you remember that when you were I here. I do remember uh, that. Yeah, that I was do. my hashtag. Um, because doing is is what we are all about. And we just try to reflect that in our students as we develop them. We know we're giving them career-ready skills, but we want to also get them ready for life. Gotcha. I love that. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> and I, I continuously beat myself up, Lisa, when I why did I take this route? But again, as you said earlier, when I was in school, again, the whole vocational aspect, that was for the, the non-bright student, right? The non-student that wasn't going to college. But if I know now what I know then, I would definitely have taken that route because it's just so many opportunities there, right? So many chances for growth. And it's just an amazing thing. What would you tell to, to that student that is just contemplating about career technology education. I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. What would you tell that student? Give us a chance. Just just come over here. There, there's so many programs that you, know, you have an option for. And if you take one as we start our students in 10th grade, if, if they elect to do that, 10th or 11th grade. But if you start as a 10th grader, if you go in one program and you decide that's not for you, then you can take another program the next year. 
Um, I just ask that you give us a chance. I, I know I keep going back to research, but the research shows what our programs do is they give kids a focus, is education with a purpose. And that's how it translates into success in their other classes, is they want to come here. And I've had so many people acknowledge that, both parents, students, and other teachers and administrators. They want to be here. And when they want to be here, that makes a huge difference. Uh, and that's kind of the, the twist or the turn that we're seeing now. And I would just encourage anybody who's contemplating it, come give us a chance. You know, we do everything that we can to make it. I know we don't have a football team. Hey, we don't have basketball games to go to. Scott's branch in the state championship tonight. <laughs> um, we don't have all that. But I promise you, it is a family atmosphere. You feel like you belong somewhere. And you feel like you're here for a reason. And that's what kids are getting into today. Yeah, they're, they're about the money. They do want to make a good salary. Doesn't everybody. But they definitely want to know what's their purpose. What's their why. They love to ask why. Why is that happening? Why are we doing this? Right. We give them the reason right here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love when you said, I'm, I'm stealing this, Lisa. I'm stealing it. Education with a purpose. I love that. That is amazing. Well, I thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing with, your, with us your wisdom, your knowledge, and your experience. We really appreciate you. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. Thank you for having me on. And I say good luck to everybody getting through the next few months. It, the, the best is yet to come. It is right around the corner. Summer's here and we're going to have some big celebrations. Um, we, we all deserve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Next, we have Micah Vaughn with us. Back in a moment. Hi, I'm Thomas Anthony Jones. You might know me from Good Trouble or This Is Us. I encourage you to watch the Michael Finkley Show on Broken TV and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Looking for a mentoring program for your young male between the age of 6 and 18 in Columbia, South Carolina? Well, look no further. Big Homie, Little Homie Mentoring Program is the program for you. Under the leadership of Mr. Jamal Stroud, Big Homie Little Homie is a 50C3 nonprofit organization that caters and mentors at-risk youth that come from single-parent homes. The organization caters to young males between the ages of 6 and 18 within the greater Columbia area. The organization is devoted to shaping and molding their life into great men of society. Big Homie Little Homie organizes male gatherings, discussions, and even educational assistance devoted to guiding and leading them into a positive light. Making a positive attitude will help in transforming life regardless of what is experienced in life. For more information on Big Homie Little Homie Mentoring Program, visit our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm just not college material. I am tired of school. I'm just not sure what I want to do after graduation. Sound familiar? Welcome to the Prelo Educational Institute. Our focus is to help young people prepare for life after high school. It's never too early to start planting the seed for education, career, and life overall. The Prelo Educational Institute is made up of the following two products. 
The first product is the book titled I Ain't Going to College, A Guide for Life After High School. This is the first book of a series that introduces middle and high school students to a young man struggling to find his way and make the decision about whether attending college is the right choice for him or not. The book has questions inside and a supplemental curriculum can also be purchased. The newest product from the Prelo Educational Institute is our online course titled Preparing for Life After High School. In this course, students will learn about decision-making, self-confidence, accountability, self-awareness, and many other topics that speak to social-emotional learning. Young people will read a story about a young man who never gave up no matter what the circumstances were. The course is interactive and has questions, quizzes, and video. Do not wait until your child or student is a senior in high school to start planning. Enroll today. To enroll and learn more, please visit www.speakerauthormarlow.com. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Ryan Toby. You know me from Sister Act 2, Mr. Oh Happy Day, and the hit R&B group City High. I'm welcoming everybody to join and tune into the Michael Finkley Show on YouTube and also on the Greater Works Network on Roku TV. Don't forget to subscribe. Everybody, welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Y'all, my next guest, he is a fourth grade teacher in Sumter, South Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Micah Bond. How are you? Good, and yourself? I am super well. Thank you for being with us today. It's a pleasure to be with you guys this tonight. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so let's go right into it. So we have been dealing with COVID now for a year. We have seen the change of education in that right as well. So talk about what last year looked like for you before COVID began versus this year. Right, right. So it's so funny that I'm on your show. Uh, you came to visit my classroom uh, the week before. Um, Literally. <laughs> Literally. I, my kids up and all. And then a week later, we're like out of school for some odd reason that no, no one really understood right. um, the seriousness of it. So we're thinking, oh, we'll be out for a week, two weeks, and we'll be right. back with the kids. Um, it's so funny. <laughs> I tell the people all the time about my story about how we left off so uh of course the week you came it was read across america week we had fun the entire week then the next week it was like an off week it was friday the 13th and a full moon so it was a crazy friday <laughs> so my kids were lit they were lit 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 out of control so i told them i said okay on monday no recess we are not having recess you guys are too rambunctious and then lo and behold, they didn't have recess for the rest of the year. And I just, I just felt so bad. After because you that. said it. You said no <laughs> recess. Then look what you did. But uh, honestly, teaching um, virtually, I it has really stretched educators far and wide beneath um, what we've been prepared for. But we do what educators do best. We modify and adjust. Um, roll up our sleeve and roll with the punches. Um, the way I structure my class has been very different. I'm all about in-person interaction, feeding off the kids' energy. So virtual at the beginning was very, very hard um, for me. 
um, because I thrive off of that in-person interaction and not being able to have them physically in the classroom with me was very difficult because I didn't know if they were understanding. They couldn't come up to me and say, Mr. Brown, can you help me with this problem? I don't quite understand. Um, so even transitioning into a whole brand new year, starting off virtually, I'm like, what? in the world. <laughs> How am I going to do this? How am I going to build relationships? How am I going to connect to these kids? So I, the way my brain was working over the summer, I'm trying to like, okay, what can I do to kind of get these kids actively involved or do some kind of um, classroom community type thing? So ironically, I came across this book that says um, Kindness Rocks. So initially I was like, okay, how can I make this into like a classroom type um, project type thing? So I I went to a um, little garden in place here in Sumter um, that sold rocks. And then I got with a few of my um, parents who I had last year. Now, ironically, I had the, the second child this year. So I was like, can you can your daughters um, fill some containers with little uh, amounts of paints? Um, and I got paint brushes donated from uh, paint um place here in Sumter as well. So they donated paint brushes. We had rocks. They decorated um, their rocks with kind messages on it. So um, I sent that out with their little um, welcome bag that I normally do every year. So they had all of that. So their project for the first week was to um, paint their rock, write a little kind message, and then we shared it out um, after me reading that book, Kindness Rock, um, just to kind of engage them into like a classroom community thing. So my classroom is always built on kindness. So I thought that was a good little component. Yes. <laughs> but it, it, it really made you kind of step out of your comfort zone this year. Yeah. It really had taken me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I feel like sometimes it's a good thing right? Because we get so used to the norm, right? We do the same things over and over. But now, as you said before, educators, as we are, right? We we were learned and coached and guided to modify and adjust. And so that's what, you know, we have, we've been doing these many months during COVID-19. And so what, how are your parents, how are your parents doing this time as well? Are they, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just trying to go back to school because I didn't get my house. How, what are you seeing? I think I have a fine balance of um, both. Um, I'm overwhelmed. I, these kids need to get out and go to school. Um, first off, um, I'm all about building relationships, not only with my students, but with the parents, kind of feeling out, okay, how are their living conditions? How are their work schedules? So what I did was I started off by sending like a Google Forms. Okay, what's the best time to communicate? Is it uh, social media? Is it this platform? Uh, the type of day? Uh, is someone's gonna is someone gonna be home with your child while they're virtually learning? Are they gonna be home by themselves? Do you need me to do extra support that type of thing? So kind of gauging the type of parents that I'm dealing with. And ironically, some of the kids that I had my first and second year, they had siblings. So I ended up having their siblings now. So it's like a chain reaction. So I get one sibling, got to get the next sibling, got to get the third sibling. <laughs> I'm kind of used to the um, family. So um, mm -hmm. it, it is, it was really kind of, I try to be as flexible as I can and make sure I support the parents in such crazy times, but it can't get overwhelming because sometimes you have to play teacher and parent role at the same right. time. Um, but you try to be a little bit flexible and understanding to make sure that the kids' well-being is taken care of and the parents are not stressed out and overwhelmed because ultimately we know that they have jobs to do. So we kind of try to 
meet them where they are and kind of bridge the gaps there. Yeah, I love that. And you talked about the your your kids, right? I love the way <laughs> we as we always like our kids, my kids always will yeah. be right. Uh, so how have they been um doing this process um that we're in right now? Honestly, it has been like I can see the effects of the the pandemic, what the pandemic has done to these kids that now that they have been out of school for such a long time, not being actively engaged with their peers. Um, some of my students mm. from last year, they were so enthusiastic and hype. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was like, they came back and I was like, something's not right. Yeah, You're like in a zombified mode. Like they are not as cheery as they used to be. And that kind of concerned me at some point. So of course I kind of keep in contact with the parents and kind of say, hey, how's such and such doing? Are they okay? I saw them today. They weren't too chippery like they they used to be, but it has honestly done some, had some effect on these kids, um, social emotional. And so that's why I try to take time now with the kids that I have to kind of say, okay, how's your day? Every morning I'm like, right. everybody tell me, how are you doing? Let right. me know, is everything okay? I think I asked when I teach, does everybody understand about 20 times? Like, you got it? Do I need to slow down? Do I need to rewind? Come on, talk to a brother. Don't leave me hanging. Um, so I just want to make sure that they understand and know that I'm there to support them. Um, of course, I give them that tough love, of course. Of course. Um, but just to know that there's someone that's advocating in, in their corner um, mm-hmm. beyond two times two and long division and all that stuff. I want to make sure that they are okay mentally um, and socially and all that kind of stuff. But it was very um, great today that we had um, most of the kids, both A and B group combined. So a lot of them were seeing people that they haven't seen for a whole year together at the same time. So it was amazing. Like recess felt like kind of like recess besides wear a mask, but it is what it is. But it was just good to see that they were happy. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they need. The, mm-hmm. the social aspect. Yes, we're there to go to school and learn, but this is how we we gain our social skills, right? right in life, these are the developmental stages, and that's very important for them at this time. Um, that's just amazing. So, at your school, are you all on a hybrid mode or virtual? How does that work for you all in Sumter? Um, well, I think each school is kind of different. Um, some teachers are strictly virtual. Some teachers are teaching both at the same time. Um, it all depends on grade level. At my school, it depends on your grade level. Some grade levels have um, a strictly virtual teacher. Some teachers are teaching both at the same time. My grade level, we're both, we're all teaching both at the same time. So it honestly depends on the school and the teacher or grade level that you're teaching. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, and as we talked about before, you know, I'm, I'm very curious into this because I am a person that is an advocate for college, an advocate for college and career readiness. So how do you all prepare students at such a young age for that future endeavor that they may want, want to go into? Right, um, I try to, and we all try to expose them to the many job opportunities that they have available. Um, not limiting to, limiting them to oh the firemen the policemen um, that kind of job like my brother he's a graphic designer so for the past couple of years he's been coming to the school um, showing them that you can do media arts you can do graphics you can um, do publication that kind of thing so exposing them to different 
um, career opportunities outside of the norm and also um, holding them accountable too, teaching them accountability and time management. Okay, I need my assignment turned in Wednesday or Sunday night. That's when I expect to have it, not, not nothing later. I mean, of course, we keep that line of communication via parents, um, but we've tried to instill in them the importance of meeting deadlines, accountability, being accountable for your actions. If you did it, own it. Um, mm. another thing, um, mm. public speaking. <sighs> so, um, it kills me going in a restaurant, uh, like a drive through and they're like, what you want? What Listen, you want? <laughs> <laughs> no greeting, no welcome. So try to do a morning meeting, try to integrate that some way to kind of say, okay, this is how you greet someone. When someone speaks to you, you greet them with a good morning. And it's <laughs> so, it's so uh ironic that uh, i think the the pandemic has created this like z- like the zombified mode to where um one of the guidance counselors came into my room and i'm not used to my students not actively engaging in conversation with someone so they came in the room good morning and they were just like that's it oh morning meeting next day we're going to talk about <laughs> how to talk to somebody when they speak to you exactly. so then they um we talked about it that next morning uh which was a tuesday and they had art so the art teacher came in my room and was like oh good morning everybody again dead silence i said oh time out what did we just talk about today oh good morning let's i said um sir can you try that again they they just kind of had amnesia really quick so i just had to refresh their memory so go ahead and so he did it again. There, good morning. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's that's a very important thing that very they important. know how to interact and engage in conversations with each other. Because I was blown away. I went to uh, one of my favorite schools called um, Ron Clark, and they have kids that will literally come up to you and have engaging conversations, like greet you, hey, how was your day? Um, welcome to Ron Clark, our Ron Clark Academy. We're so glad to have you. Um, where are you from? So they're having conversations with you like that on that level. And I think they take the time to train them. So I'm like, exactly. we invest that time so to learn. somewhere um, mm-hmm. within our day. Because I know we're so jam-packed with, we have to meet this, we have to teach this standard, we have to do this. But some way, shape, or form, try to integrate that, those social skills, those um those different things that they will need to be successful throughout life and study skills and things of that nature. Um, but those were to be, those will be the most um, valuable tools that I would say um, social skills, um, responsibility, accountability, um, study skills, all of those things are very important and a work ethic, not being lazy. Um, another, that's another thing that this pandemic has caused a lot of the kids is to be, lackadaisical, not very motivated. So you have to kind of be innovative in these times on trying to get these kids motivated to do stuff. So your brain is always rolling, like, how can I make this innovative (laughs) Um, and not make them fall asleep, that kind of thing. I love it. And those are all foundational things needed so they can grow upon that and be that person they desire to be in their own right. right in the future. I love that. I definitely, I'm glad right. you brought that down. I, I love that, those aspects. So please, words of encouragement to our viewers, to students, to parents during this time of still COVID-19. If I were to um, leave you guys with a message, I would say 
endure. Endure, persevere, because we will overcome the, the obstacles that are that we face right now. Um, we will finish strong. Um, sometimes we don't understand why we have to go through what we go through, but we go through the process. Um, I'm a very uh, spiritual person, so I don't push my spirituality on anyone. But I know who I trust. Um, so whomever you trust, I know who I trust. Um, put your ultimate trust on in that, that person um, and just know that you can make it. You build a support team. You can't make it on your own because ultimately we need each other. It takes a village to raise a child, to survive in these times because these are crucial times. Um, so head up, chin up, and you're going to persevere. We're going to make it and um, we're going to make it together. Um, just have to keep the faith and hold on and be strong in these uncertain times and just live day by day because there, these are uncertain times. We just have to adapt to whatever we have to go through yeah. um, and just know that we are not in this fight alone. We are champions, like I tell my kids, and we have to endure to the end because there's a prize waiting on us. Now, that's a word right there. <laughs> and listen, I have, to, word right there. I have to tell myself that too. <laughs> you better encourage yourself. We need to. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your story, your wisdom, and your knowledge. We appreciate you here. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm so glad to be here and glad to encourage everyone out there. Keep fighting. We're champions. We'll overcome. That's it. Right <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's your girl, Trinice from American Idol, and I am encouraging you to tune in to The Michael Finkley Show on Roku TV and YouTube. Calling all trio, gear up, jag, and other college readiness organizations. Hello everybody, it's Finkley with the Finkley Experience. I am here to offer you information about our college readiness cohort series. This college readiness series includes college applications, SAT, ACT prep, scholarships, financial aid, the mental mind state, HBCU versus PWI versus technical colleges, and so much more. You know this is helpful because it's actually like making me change my college plan. Really? If you're interested, visit our website, thefinkleyexperience.com, or just email us at michael at thefinkleyexperience.com. We're looking forward to working with you. Need a little motivation? Timothy Clifton is with us every week on Mondays to get your week started with a little motivation, all here on The Michael Finkley Show. Y'all, let's rewind back in the future. This week is Flashback Finkley Week. We're looking back on some amazing shows from season one. Come on, let's reminisce together. Next thing, please. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you so much for watching, y'all. The guests, again, they were just so awesome in their own right and talking about one of my favorite subject, which, subjects, which is education. Thank you so much, Dr. Justice, and also, Micah, for being on today. We really appreciate you, your words, your wisdom, and your knowledge. Thank you so much. 
So y'all, next week we are taking it back. Y'all, we having a flashback, y'all. We really are. And we're looking at shows from last season that really just kind of stuck out to us. Those memorable guests that really stuck out to us. So again, y'all, pay attention. Monday, Wednesday, or Friday of next week, we got you. All right? We got you. If you found out already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Michael Winkler Show. Ring the bell for notification. We'll see you in an email saying, hey, new content uploaded. Please listen to us on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. And for up-to-date information about what we do here on The Michael Winkler Show, please, 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 please visit our website at michaelwinklershow.com. Thank you so much for watching. And guess what? We'll see you on Monday. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>